hey, welcome <laughs> to the first annual Sprockies. This is our end of year award show. Michael. Hello. We do the Sprocket, which is the Sackable with movies, which means we rank every movie ever made best worth. But we also have a special guest here for our end of movie, movie end of year thing. Carly. Oh, hi. Carly's my sister. Mm-hmm. And she likes movies. I do. Not in like the self-loathing way that I like movies, <laughs> but like she actually genuinely enjoys movies and watches a lot of them. I do. Congratulations, Carly. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Okay. Now, the format's a little fluid right now, but we have a lot of <laughs> categories here and we're going to try to announce some awards. And uh, main thing is one winner per category. We do not do runners up because we have mm-hmm. lives to live and we need to get in and out with some winners. Okay. I know inevitably I'm going to get angry at some point. During Don't this. worry about it. None of this matters. <laughs> yeah. It's a thought experiment. It's yeah. fine. We're going to jump right in. You guys ready? We're talking about the movies from, oh, should we get into like what is eligible or should we just not address that at all? Cause it's a nightmare. Hmm. I think, like, as a general basis, we are essentially following the Oscars version of what's a 2019 movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is just a way of saying, basically, uh, movies come out in different ways at different times in different countries, and we're just kind of saying, basically, it's just if it was released wide here in that year, right? Is kind of the general... Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much the, the vibe. That was my interpretation of the rules. Okay. So, for example, Her Smell technically came out last or two years ago in 2018 at like festivals, right? But we would consider it eligible because it saw a wider release in 2019. Is that the vibe? Correct. Yep. Okay. So that's on the table. Let's jump in. We're going to do theme. What is the number one theme of 2019 in movies? Ooh, and I'm going to go down the nominees. Now, wait, wait, yes. really quickly. This yes. is not the equivalent. Is this the equivalent of most 2019 or? Hmm. Is this our Zeitgeist one or is this our? No, this is not 2019 in a nutshell. This is okay. like what theme was present in a lot of 2019 movies. Okay. okay. Which is a distinction okay. that makes sense to me, but it might not make sense in a general sense, but we're going to roll with it. No, 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 no. I'm picking up on it. I'm picking okay. up on it. Theme of 2019. The nominees are explicitly autobiographical, class war, franchises, being old and or getting old, Swedish people are evil, breaking the fourth wall, the nightmarish film distribution system strangling the life out of all that is good in this world and forcing Netflix to put movies in theaters for a little tiny bit to fulfill arbitrary eligibility requirements for an award show that nobody likes. I gotta click on these so I can get the full text. Old men yelling at comic book movies. A big whiteboard at Disney that says millennials have kids now. (laughs) And finally, let's try to reconcile the differences between Chinese and American culture, but then in the third act, they just don't, and they do the Chinese thing. So, what are... We're gonna try to narrow this down in this way. What is your number one pick here, you guys? Okay, I... Yes. Can I ask questions? Absolutely. Was there another movie that really tried playing on the 
the whole cultural differences between China and sure. the United States thing was it, okay. did, did Abominable have the subtext that <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I was aware say, of? Or Abominable was one I was thinking of, but it actually probably doesn't fit this category because it takes place in China. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. It's more like a uh, generational thing in that movie. I think it would be kind of like presumptuous or American-centric thinking to be like, the kid is American, but her parents are Chinese because that's not really what it's about. So, but okay. American Factory, faux show is that, and then I have another one, but I can't think of it right now. I think theoretically, I imagine that you were thinking of the farewell, even though you hadn't seen. Yes. The yes. Yeah. Yes, I think that fits this to a T. I might disagree, but okay. I also disagree. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the whole point of the... Okay, so spoilers are going to be a part of these discussions, viewers at home. So if you don't like that... Yeah. yeah. Is this, are we already throwing a spoiler warning up? Yes. Are we there? Okay, cool. I, I don't like spoiling things deliberately, but I think in the course of this, we're going to end up spoiling something. But isn't the farewell just the kid from an American perspective being like, we should tell the grandma. And then at the end, they just don't tell the grandma. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I guess that's how they do things here. No, I, I mean, I think that's like a very simplistic view of it. I think it's like learning to, it's her learning about her family and the traditions that they have. And then accepting yeah. those traditions. And then, learn. well, I think more learning how to navigate those than, okay. than really accepting them. Because I don't get the impression that she's okay with it, just that it's what you do. That's the point of this category, dude. No, you see, but I don't think I feel like this this the the way the category is written kind of writes that off as being more <laughs> simple than that is. It's fair, but this was also a joke answer I wrote, so we can just okay. cut. Okay. It. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna cut. This. Okay. Well, okay, Carly, what is your number one pick here? Okay, so I'm gonna give some explanation. Okay. Just for this category. I went through with the ones that seemed plausible and made a list of which movies applied to each. Oh my god. (laughs) And I think by number alone, it's Class War. Yes. That's my number one pick for sure. Uh, I think explicitly autobiographical is also really interesting, but Class War is just huge in so many movies. Okay. Michael, what what's your vibe? What's your I mean, I'm going with class war as well. And okay. I mean I didn't I didn't mathematically parse this. I don't have like a whiteboard in front of me where yeah. you know you have categories right written right out and it's window. like, yo, the parasites class war, but the Irishman is explicitly autobiographical now. But but uh yeah, it just seems like it makes the most sense as far as, you know, you take some of the, the bigger films that came out this year, like The Parasite or Knives Out, and they all kind of fit into this like this very strict classism kind of thing kind yeah. of structure. And you take that and then you apply it to kind of where we are in the world today. Yeah. And if you try to take that, you know, media as a reflection of where we are in the world and what the world is like, I think that bringing those together makes class war seem like the most, the the most most salient theme of 2019. It's also heavily represented in film. Yeah. So. I agree. What, uh, what, uh, what's the explicitly autobiographical? Like what's the, that one I'm not uh, reading. Um, okay, here's the list, I guess. Okay. It is Honey Boy, which is the Shia LaBeouf. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, the Souvenir, which is Joanna Hogg, essentially making a movie about her okay. early 20s. Okay. Midsummer is yeah. Ari Aster going through a breakup. The Farewell, yeah. obviously. Waves is 
the director experienced a lot of this stuff in the movie. Yep. Marriage story oh, is yeah. looser, but also I think still fits. Pain and Glory is the director's perspective on his life, essentially. Yeah, it's okay. it's incredible how many movies like this exist. <laughs> it's there. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I blanked on the word auto in that, so I apologize. Oh. I was thinking just biographical, not autobiographical. Okay. Can I still cut doop, it? Doop, 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 doop. Yeah, you can probably. It's not it. your number one pick anymore. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Franchises, I feel like, is every year forever. It's just what we do now. Yeah. And, oh, there was. A, I was gonna say there was no Fast and Furious, but there was sort of. There was. Okay. And it's so weird because it feels like every year there's a flop, and everyone thinks, you know, we're going to slow down on these, and then we never do. We'll take a year off, and then we're back at it with some side movies thrown in there. Oh! What, uh... Hmm. How many Marvel movies were there? There was Captain Marvel. Uh, Captain Endgame. Marvel, Spider-Man, Endgame. Spider -Game. Okay, okay. Spider-Game. Got it. That's too like many. A was there a fourth? There, might, there may or may not have been. <laughs> did Ant-Man did Ant -Man and the Wasp come out this year, or was that last year? That was two, two years ago. Oh, I guess last year or the year before. Two, yeah i know because this is weird because it's 2020 y'all somehow there hasn't been a marvel movie yet but there will be yeah they already have black widow on the oh yeah on the on the roster there um mm. yeah yeah i'm gonna okay class wars are what's our being old and getting old oh man the irishman is this the irishman yeah, have you guys yeah. heard of the irishman <laughs> it's kind of the irishman i don't think it's as explicitly a theme in irishman but oh my god it's in irishman yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. kind of took the Irishman as that was kind of it to me. Like, I, I really just looked at it as a movie about like what it means to become old and regret your life decisions. Jesus. See, I didn't really get regret <laughs> as much out of that, even with, I think, some. I think towards the end there were some kind of, you know, little bits thrown in that direction, but I didn't really fully. I didn't get that the overall theme was, you know, coming to terms with that. CGI. Yeah. CGIing yourself. <laughs> I mean, if anything, yeah, they're explicitly trying to not get old <laughs> yeah. with, those, with those CGI suits that actually weren't as bad as you might mm. think. I think the worst part of the Irishman is Robert De Niro wearing blue contacts. I don't know why Ooh. he had to wear blue contacts. I think it's to be category. Irish, but it's insane. Yeah, <laughs> that. Irish. And there's like this, there's this scene early on where Robert De Niro beats someone up, mm. and and he looks young. And honestly, again, the CGI is mostly pretty. I thought pretty convincing, but he moves like an old person, <laughs> <laughs> and Beautiful. like he's slowly kicking someone. I just it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, rolling. It look. It looks like he's he's an old person. In a in a young person suit. Okay, so it doesn't go full Gemini Man, where the theme of the movie is young me trying to kill old me. It doesn't go quite that far, but still a strong contender. Tucker, did you watch Gemini Man? No. Okay. I have it ready to go, and I've thought about watching it a couple times, but I just did not pull the trigger. I'm sorry. Uh, let's not talk about Swedish people or evil, because we got <laughs> this this show on the road. Um. I'm gonna get rid of this. Again. 
I'm going to get rid of my joke categories real quick and then we can talk about breaking the fourth wall. So, uh, Disney remade a bunch of their movies because everybody who watched their movies as kids now has kids so they can be like, I'm sharing my childhood with you, my child. And then it's terrible. Yeah. And that's we had it. like four of them, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. And Mulan, but they pushed Mulan. They did this push year. Mulan. I'm still excited about Mulan mm. against my better judgment. Mm. We'll I'm talk. in that same boat, actually. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about Martin Scorsese right yet. Talking about um, this isn't really a theme of movies. I'm just so sick of Netflix or like it. it it's not Netflix's fault. This whole system where and it, it's such a weird position now, where Netflix puts out a movie, but they have to put it in theaters, but they don't put it in every theater, but they put it in enough theaters that they can get an oscar because then more people sign up for netflix so they don't even really care that people are going to go see movies right like that's not the draw i assume Mm -hmm. they're just doing it for oscars is that am i reading that situation correctly well yeah because the oscar bump is is a thing so if you can if you can get this movie into theaters long enough so it gets nominated for an oscar and then you can say look we have an oscar nominated movie (laughs) it's 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 a yeah it's a draw i think there's more to it though where I think if we look at the types of directors who are in that position, like, I don't think Martin Scorsese wants his movie to never be in theaters, not just because of Oscars, but because as a director who's been in the game for a long time, I think he probably likes going to the theater. And I think his ideal setting for people to see The Irishman is the theater. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the same for Noah Baumbach. Like, I think people want to preserve movie theaters. (laughs) I, just, I think it's true. No, I just picture Martin Scorsese's like grandson be like, "No, you just you can watch it on your phone," and he just, he just does not <laughs> no. understand at all what he's telling him. It's like, bah! that was one of my favorite memes of the year. Movie related <laughs> was like people watching The Irishman yeah. on their phone on while a driving a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. He knew that going in, though. He he signed that deal with Netflix. It's not like he they brought did, him. but he also said that. Netflix was really the only place willing to spend the big bucks on on oh, what he wanted the Irishman to be. It's fair. It's fair. Man, remember when Netflix was like, they send you a DVD in the mail? And now they're like... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Goodbye, Netflix. What's uh, What are we talking breaking the fourth wall? Hit me. Um. Okay. So this one I did not make a list because okay. it was in my top contenders. Okay. But... I think it is a more and more common thing in both movies and TV movies. I'm trying to think. Um, there was a really significant scene in Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood that did this. Okay. okay. Um, hmm. Shoot, yeah, I'm trying to remember the other ones that directly... This might just be a cut. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the spirit of it, though. So it looks like Class War is our theme. Of 2019, as far as movies go. Was there a movie that took the rich people are in the right tact? Was it always poor people versus rich people root for the poor people? I think the closest we get is Hustlers. Okay. Even though like the, the women who are stealing from the rich in Hustlers are disenfranchised. But, like, by the time we meet Jennifer Lopez, she's extremely wealthy and continues stealing from the wealthy. Okay. But that is still not the message of the movie is that, like, the rich people are right. Okay. Uh, I have uh, an answer to the question I posed, but I feel like it's going to cannibalize a 
conversation we'll probably have later. <laughs> but I would say Parasite. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. I know, but we'll have that talk. Uh, <laughs> the I'm just we gotta keep this moving, you guys. Theme of 2019, class war. Ooh, we have so many categories. Where should I jump? Where can we go? Can we do? Let's do worst CGI. Let's go from this, you know, this like, ooh, my mind, my brain is working. The big theme. Let's just go into pure schlock, terrible fun time. Okay. CGI stands for Computer Generated Imagery. And our nominees are Alita Battle Angel, Detective Pikachu, The Cat and Captain Marvel, Secret Life of Pets 2, Mm. Mm. Aladdin, (laughs) Cats, Abominable, Dora the Explorer, in specific Boots the Monkey, and Robert De Niro beating people up as a young person. This is a great category. What a year, what a year. You would think we would be past this now in 2020, but not so. Movies still look terrible sometimes. Do you guys have a strong pick here? This is my home Uh, turf. I'm I'm inviting you in. Um, Do... So I I guess I have to say that I didn't watch all of these. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um especially the one I'm about to pick, but I feel okay. as though having to send your movie back to be re-edited okay, after I release I can kind tell of where this gives you going. a pretty strong argument. Uh-huh. I might say Cats is probably a pretty good contender for that alone. <laughs> so there are only two categories in which I only have one thing highlighted, not multiple. <laughs> this is yeah. one of them, and my pick is Cats. Okay, here's my thing. There's two ways of looking at this question, okay? You can say, okay, where does this just not work on a technical level, right? Like, oops, this doesn't look great. It doesn't look good. And then there's, like, art direction. Like, they made a monstrosity with the CGI. And I think Cats fits the spirit of both of those things. I don't think it's my top pick, necessarily. But I am not going to win this argument. I think Cats is our winner. <laughs> what, what, what was your pick, Tucker? What's your top um, I thought Abominable looked terrible. And I it's so confusing because you look up reviews, which I did, and everybody's like, this is such a beautiful film. And I did not see it. It looks like uh, like on the level almost of like the penguins from Madagascar cartoon or something. Oh. But not even like, like not even like Madagascar the movie, but <laughs> no. the, the the Nickelodeon show. <laughs> Maybe Madagascar one. Okay. But, it's 2020. I feel like animated movies should look better than Abominable. Uh, Boots is a monstrosity. Ooh. He's got, like, human eyes, but it's, like, this creepy, faux-realistic rendering of... Because it doesn't look like a monkey. It looks like Boots from Dora, but, like, as a CGI realistic monkey. It's terrifying. Okay. I'm going to look this up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that's our uh, our picture for the episode is Boots. <laughs> it's, ter- it's really bad. Um and then there's, well, Michael looks up this terrible boots. Uh, there's stuff on here like Alita and Detective Pikachu where I think the CGI looks. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's Boots the Monkey, but also it's like they're trying to make Boots the Monkey a real monkey. Yes, but it still looks like Boots. Yes, it's really ah, yeah, no, yeah. But that's what Cats is as a movie. That's like we that's made that into ninety movie. minutes, so. Yeah. 
But I was just going to say, like, Alita and Detective Pikachu, I don't think it looks bad from a technical level, and I think it looks good from a... Or it doesn't look good, but I can accept the the way they went with it. But I think mm-hmm. if you're not on board, it just looks like a nightmare. Like yeah. uh, Alita's big anime eyes and stuff that happens in that movie. And then like Detective Pikachu, I did not find those endearing. Those Everyone's so fuzzy in a way they shouldn't be. <laughs> Don't like it. Mr. Mime is a nightmare. Uh, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think there are some shots in Detective Pikachu that just don't work, like they don't look good mm-hmm. necessarily. But I think I think that's fair. Cats is probably a winner, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna yes. highlight Cats. Cat good. What don't you guys like about Cats? We'll probably revisit this topic a little oh my bit. God, <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs> I, this is insane. I guess for context, Tucker likes this movie a little bit at least and um, it frustrates me a lot <laughs> um, if i were to say rate it from one to five stars on a website that tracks that kind of thing i would maybe give it 3.5 stars <laughs> <laughs> for reference i gave marriage story 2.5 stars oh. so. yes this is the this is this is what i'm here for thank but you sorry what were you saying car I think essentially it's to their credit nearly impossible to make a good movie out of a source text that has no plot and Mm. they tried and it failed and then it looks bad Mm. and we have Rebel Mm. Wilson Mm. unzipping her skin and it just doesn't make any sense. It's so so good. crazy. Oh my god. I this is by far the worst movie I saw in 2019. No, I didn't it's not have this category. It's not it. this category. Oh. Cut her mic. <laughs> Your CGI is cats. Uh, is there a category you guys are feeling next? Throw one out. I don't care. What we could do the like movie? the because it doesn't quite fit the format of the rest, maybe like the let's rank these movies most prestige horror. I am excited for this one. Okay. <laughs> so I have a list of movies here. What is prestige horror? Hmm. Hmm. Somebody define prestige horror, please. Uh, or should we not? <laughs> I don't know if we want to. Okay. I think we kind of have to. Okay. Isn't it like, basically my interpretation of it is critic bait horror films. Okay, you know, I, like there's yeah. like there's a certain there's a certain attempt to make what would be considered a a artistically challenging or maybe not challenging but like make make a horror movie but make it something more as well. Yes, that's that my sense? that's like my exact definition. It's like this isn't just a horror movie. Yeah, we're we're trying to make a grander statement. Yes, about something with this movie. Right. This or is we're art. trying to we're trying to embrace some kind of bigger concept than just surviving a night with spooky people. <laughs> I think there's one more element in my perspective where it's they're all made by directors that I don't anticipate will be horror directors for their entire career. Like they're trying out okay. a genre, maybe for a couple movies, but maybe not forever. Okay. You see that. That's interesting because I don't know if I could see some of these directors really breaking out of that wheelhouse too much. 
Hmm. There's only one that I think might stay forever that I don't know. I think it's Jordan Peele. I feel like he might just make thrillers forever. Sure. Which is fine. He's good at it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm not going to read these. We're just going to go one by one and we'll put them in a, a list. Okay. And I want to start So we're taking bottom. it from the, uh, so we're going from top. Okay. 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 So what's the, what's the base of the pyramid here? <laughs> okay. And this is most, this is not quality. This is just most to least prestige horror. So we're going to start with Joker. So Joker is our baseline. Okay. Can you explain why Joker is the baseline? Um, how is it not? <laughs> Fair. I don't think it's really Fair. a Could horror movie as much. I think to me, that's why it's the bottom is I don't think it's meant to be scary. Okay. So no, maybe I... it just doesn't fit the category that well. I would say a lot of these movies aren't meant to be scary. Even ones that are serious answers instead of joke <laughs> answers like the Joker. Well, let's, uh, this really, this really comes out through the comparison. So let me just, let's add some more movies. Add Astra. I think also not a horror movie. Okay, but more or less than Joker. I would say less. Yeah, I agree. Even though there's a part that is a horror movie part. Yeah, but if we put every jump scare in every movie mm. on this list. <laughs> so you're saying a movie that has a scene that is a horror scene is less prestige horror than The Joker. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Yes. Okay. The system works. Michael, any objection here? Nope, nope. Okay. I'm good. So right now, Joker is the most prestige horror movie of the year. <laughs> Ad Astra is the least. Ma. Okay, I don't think I'll have any other chance to say this. Ma is a fantastic movie okay. that I think was widely overlooked. It's a very, very, very fun horror movie. Um, I think that's why it's on here, but it's not prestige. So okay. I don't know what to do with that. It's just a horror movie? Yeah. Okay. Does that mean it goes to the top of the list because it is actually a horror movie? In my opinion, yes. Okay. And Michael, you have not seen Ma? I have not seen Ma. Okay, I also have not seen Ma, so I need to take Carly's word for it. We're going to put it at the top. Okay. Parasite. Prestige. Mm-hmm. Horror? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a t-shirt I want. Is it says prestige on the front, and then on the back it says horror? <laughs> hmm? I think... There are <laughs> yeah. arguments that could be made uh-huh. that, well, maybe making it not a horror film gives it at least some of those, some of that air. Yes. I think yes. there's a certain sense of maybe hopelessness that kind of fits into there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then more literally, there are people living in a basement kind of creeping on this family. <laughs> Yeah, true. Um, true. There's this other family that is actively trying to get people fired and or worse. Yes, yes. In order to take their place as the caretakers for this rich family. Yes. And there's a certain sense from this rich family as to treating uh, people of a lower class as... Maybe not monsters, but the, I don't know. I think yeah. there's a certain air to this that that makes it makes me comfortable saying it would it would hang with a yeah. lot of what we would call prestige horror, even if it is not prestige horror. I think it and resembles. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, and then maybe the real monster at the end of the day Uh-oh. is capitalism. 
I have thoughts about that, but I <laughs> I God. I agree with the uh, the sentiment here, hundred okay. percent. So, Carly, do you have any objections? It sounds like we're putting it at the top. Is there any objection here? No, that sounds good. Okay. Okay. Nope. Ready or not? I'm gonna. I I would fight for this at the bottom because it's good because it's a horror movie and it's good. So I think it is the least prestige horror movie. <laughs> You're bringing some biases to this genre or okay, but was here. it was it not fun in the way a prestige horror movie is not fun? I, I don't think it's prestige. Movies. Essentially, me. Whoa, 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 I think we need to also backtrack here. Uh-oh. Prestige horror movies can be fun. I agree. None of these are though. Well, okay, yeah, they one are. Of these are. Oh, they absolutely <laughs> are. No, 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 no. One of these is more than one of these are. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm, I have my boxing gloves. They're not on yet, but they're sitting nearby, <laughs> unlaced, ready to go. I've got mine here, too, and they have, like, cute little Swedish runes on them. And... Ooh, okay. Okay. Are they runes that explain the plot of the movie 30 minutes later? No, but one of them looks oh, like a okay, pair. okay, well. Um, can we put ready or not at the bottom? I mean, it, there's no prestige to it, really, but it is a fun horror movie. I don't think it goes at the bottom. I think okay. it goes above Ma. Because this essentially mm. is similar, so similar to Ma to me, where like it's oh, okay. a movie I like that is horror, but not prestige. Okay, so it's hitting the horror spectrum, but not... I get that. I, I There's get no that. like grand, bold, artistic... It's art, man. It's thing. art. It's interesting because it's also very, very class war. So, like, it, yeah. there are prestige elements. It's about more than just a horror movie, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Good was what movie. I was wondering. And if you... Yeah. I, re- I, I read the plot online because I figured we'd be talking about it and there's no way I was going to be able to see Ready or Not. Yeah. And isn't there, like, an ending... The ending seemed like it was a bold... Like a... Maybe not a bold choice, but, like, a... Yeah. Like, they were going for... I love Something unconventional. Yes great ending i don't the ending doesn't read to me as prestige at all though it's just okay it's awesome but it's it's stupid it's one of the best endings i saw in a movie this year it was same (laughs) that shot of the chair and then the reaction to it is just like oh i love it it's wonderful okay so the list so far is parasite ready or not ma joker ad astra are we we're good with that vibing yeah okay i think so it too did any of us see it too? Did anybody no. see it? <laughs> oh. oh, I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry, okay. guy from SNL. I would maybe go below Ma on this one. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah, is was it one scary at all? Did not see it one. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. I just hit. I can't. I was not at all scared by that movie. I can't okay. imagine I'd be scared by it too. But... Even the big stupid dance where he's like, that didn't get to so good. Was there a stupid dance? Oh yes. Oh, it was. It was like a very commonly used gif at the time. Yes, because it looks ridiculous, especially out of context. It's like, what is this? No, blow mod. Does that sound good to everybody? Yes. Yeah, that works. Okay. Alright. This is not a great way of doing this in this spreadsheet. I haven't found a good way to do this where you like bump things out of in any context. Uh can you do insert copied cells? I forget if that's available in Oh jeez. 
I, I can't learn Excel during this recording. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. We'll uh, do it after. Cats. Prestige. <laughs> Horror. No. That's the other t-shirt. There's no question mark. I don't know. This is a joke answer, but also not a joke answer. Is Cats. The musical. Cats is unnerving. Yes. But not Uncanny. Scary. No. No. Uncaddy. It really has okay. nothing to say either, which, uh, except that Macavity is an evil cat or something. Which one's Macavity? Is that Idris Elba? It sure is. Cool. <laughs> He's the villain of the movie. He wants to get to <laughs> the heavy of, side layer or whatever. He is. He spirits them away to a barge. <laughs> Carly. You're right. Um,. I guess, like, maybe a, mm, below Joker? I was going to say below Parasite, but... Yeah, I was going to bump it below Parasite, <laughs> too. <laughs> I just don't... It doesn't fit prestige or horror. I think it fits both. Well, I mean, the director is, like, uh... It's the guy that directed The King's Speech. Yeah, oh, The King's oh, Speech prestigious director. Oh Michael, checks in the mail on that one. Thank you, uh, sir. Okay, it's the director that directed Les Mis. Also bad... <laughs> Okay. But they all sang their songs. <laughs> I'm trying here. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's theoretically is... prestige, but I don't think most people who <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me anywhere besides below Parasite or like at the bottom or something. Can we do below ready or not? I just don't want cats to be. Okay, fine. Is that <laughs> a fair compromise, Michael? Do you This is fair, yeah, okay. this is fine. <laughs> Good. All right. Um, the lighthouse, top of the list, right? Yeah, probably top Absolutely, of the list. It's yeah. Okay. That was Two easy. guys sitting in a lighthouse. <laughs> okay. But it's also a parable. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's some scary things. I was very scared by it. I was not. I was. The farting or the pooping or the <laughs> the peeing. Or the throwing up. I don't know. I found the whole movie very unsettling in a way that I really liked. Yeah, okay. I agree. I was okay. that was one of the only times I've been like truly horrified by a movie this year. Hmm. Hmm. That's a conversation for another day. Let's uh <laughs> let's keep going. Us. It's either top or below lighthouse. I agree. I would plant it below Lighthouse because I think Lighthouse is more of an yes art project in a way that maybe Us isn't. If that makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like. I think Us is still kind of. I'm trying to think of a way to word this that's polite. Uh oh, no, not like it's. It's just that I think there that Lighthouse was made with an artistic vision in mind that wasn't necessarily also at the same time like I'm going to make an entertaining, easily accessible film. Mm -hmm. in the way that i think us kind of still is yeah because like, there's there's there are these other parts of it where there are like comedy bits thrown in and yeah we're still playing with a really well-known field here this home invasion film right things like that that i think is making well i think lighthouse is more of an art project like they like Eggers made this film knowing that not everyone's going to see it and that doesn't matter because he got to put willem dafoe in a metaphorical penis right Right. 
Oz just feels like someone who's really good at making horror movies made a horror movie. And, like, he has things to say and that comes through in the movie, but not because he, like, it's not, like, super purposeful. It's just, like, that's how he makes movies. That's how it felt. That's fair. So I don't know what that means in this category necessarily, but... It's got the weird Hands Across America thing at the end, and that's pretty prestige. <laughs> it's a callback to the beginning at all. It's like a it's like a beautiful Ouroboros. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Are we putting this will it below? come up later, but I still don't understand us at all. Uh, that's so weird because they explain it all at the end but they also don't explain anything so i get it it's prestige it is prestige (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm cool with below lighthouse though. okay sounds good (laughs) we need like this with uh yes well what were you gonna say so i mean because i guess i mean there's only one more on this list and i feel like it is this category Sidebar here. Can I just say Midsummer instead of trying to say like Midsomar? Because I feel like an idiot every time I say Midsomar. Is that cool with everybody? Can I just say Midsummer? Carly? Well, I'll be fine with it. <laughs> okay. Also, Carly, you can swear on this podcast because Michael swears, so it's already explicitly tagged. Well, it doesn't <laughs> yep. matter. Yep. Um, so, Midsummer. I'm sorry, what movie? Midsomar. <laughs> Oh, okay. Middle of summer. Okay, okay. okay. Um, I'm picking up. Just want to throw in, my mom told me she tried to watch this the other night and fell asleep almost immediately. <laughs> but that's every movie. I just want Is this to... directly after she watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or was it a different evening? You mean when she sat through all of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah, yeah. and didn't fall asleep? Yeah. This is after that. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, and so... <laughs> So is it Ari Aster's fault or is it Tarantino's fault? It's nobody's fault. She just falls asleep during movies okay. a lot. Okay. Um, this is, uh, has to be number one or number two to me. I would put it as number one. I think mm. Ari Aster is the king. prestige horror at this point. Like, yeah. He's kind of the playbook for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think... Maybe this one had the most um it had more elements of like direct horror tropes, I think, like the her sister yeah. popping up behind her. Yeah. Yeah. Screw that. That was a down list in my opinion. <sighs> the lighthouse didn't have that. Yeah, that's what I was, so it's like both prestige and very horror Yeah. Well, I mean, Midsummer's literally a slasher fo- film. And, uh, oh, what is it called? The, where you're in, like, a, oh, gosh. There's a name for that type of movie where they're stuck in, like, a cult sort of thing. <laughs> Full horror. No, oh, gosh. Oh, it Full is horror. horror. No, that's it. That is it. Yeah. Yeah, where they, huh. like, go to the woods and then, oops, the natives are evil. And then things happen. Like, what's the, Wicker Man? That's another yeah. example of that. Um. Midsummer never scared me. I don't know. I wasn't matters. very scared by it either, but I imagine some people were. I still yeah. found it a little unsettling. Yeah. You no, know, people throwing like... themselves off a wall, off yeah. a cliff, or the bear. Yeah, the creepy, bear scared me. Creepy Swedish memes. Pass. Or, like stereotypes. <laughs> Pass. Being all friendly, but then beating someone over the head with a brick or whatever. P- 
pass. He pees on the tree. There's a lot of peeing this year in Prestige Horror. There's a lot of peeing. That's good, I think. It's pushing us sure. forward. Um, <laughs> I would keep the lighthouses number one. That's my thoughts. I would maybe put Midsummer at number one. I feel like okay. you're taking the entire point of Midsummer is to take a a uh, a already pre-established trope of uh, of horror film and then take and then spinning that into like a new idea and making that new idea the entire movie. Where does that happen in Midsummer? Well, I mean, the idea that you're taking a, a horror film, throwing it entirely in bright daylight and making it very colorful. Oh, I suppose. But that's what very bright. Well, it doesn't need to be the first time it's been done. I just don't see the prestige in Midsummer besides the pedigree, really. Oh, I think it is incredibly... I don't know. Everything about it is like a relationship drama. I don't know. There's so many ideas It's not, it. though. Like, if... if... Any horror movie where the male and female lead fight with each other is prestige, then that's like every horror movie. And I think it's more explicit killed. here. I, I don't... I, yeah. Plus he dies at her like it was her decision to kill him. Yeah. yeah, I think horror movie fighting is often there's a person chasing us, we're arguing under circumstances, but love each other. <laughs> and that's like not at all <laughs> what this is. Oh, that's pretty close though. It's in the neighborhood. I don't mm. know. I don't know. I don't know about that. Lighthouse is not like other horror movies I have seen, and I feel like that's more prestigious in a way. What about, okay, I feel that Midsummer is best classified as a horror movie if we had to assign a genre. I'm not sure if that's true for The Lighthouse. I think that's also pretty fair. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. 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 Okay, so you're saying Midsummer takes the genre and it is also prestige, whereas Lighthouse is maybe trying to break free of the bonds of the genre. Ooh, the witch. I think Robert Eggers' next movie is not a horror movie. Yeah. Okay. But I think Ari Aster's is. Okay. I don't know if I'll go that far, but... Okay. I it's also kind of outside the... argument the... that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I think we're getting a Viking movie next from Robert. Pass. Ooh, are we oh, really? I'm so Seriously? excited! I think so. Yeah. I don't need that. I'm incredibly life. excited. I made sure the axe handles were uh, accurate to what they would have been because that's what good movie making is. He's their beards, nice the braids, and their beards <laughs> are going to be so historically accurate and detailed. Yes. I hate it. It'll be perfect. I love it. It'll okay. be the best beards in a Viking movie. <laughs> so <laughs> we're saying Midsummer is that kind of the. Is yes. that where this is going? Okay, I I, I will uh, I will accept that. So, okay, and that's the only metric is whether I accept it or not. So, <laughs> from least to most prestige horror, 2019, Ad Astra, Joker, It Two, Ma, Cats, Ready or Not, Parasite, Us, The Lighthouse, Midsummer. I feel good with that. That feels right. Yeah, I do too. Okay, okay. So we got that one done. Make it red. We're done. Never look at that again. That's my Until method. next year. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Can't wait. Mm. Um, let's maybe do... Uh, I'm going to get rid of best trailer just because I feel like I don't feel great about it. But Carly, I see you did put High Life on here. Ooh. Yeah, I think I... Because I was looking for more this morning. Yeah. Um, High Life, I think the trailer... I love it when trailers... You can't really tell what's going on in them. Yeah. They intrigue you. Also, a plus with the High Life one, 
is excuse me oh my god sorry that's okay um like looking back having seen it it got me extremely excited to see it again sort of thing i just think it's an extremely effective trailer okay uh i guess we're just kind of talking about it so i'll just say i thought the lighthouse trailer was excellent yeah the use of that song that Mm. they play during the credits is like Mm. awesome Mm, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh i like in the 1917 trailer the use of the the ticking clock i feel like that's gonna be in every movie trailer now forever but it's a nice little like tension builder type thing mm-hmm. um joker's cool because i just i am the joker so it's nice to see representation oh my God. <laughs> and that's what film is about <laughs> yes oh. i also hate women so that was cool to see yeah um <laughs> It's good. Um, uh, Bombshell, I didn't end up liking the movie very much, but yeah. the teaser where it's the three women standing mm-hmm. in the elevator, incredible yes. tension, yep. perfect teaser, yep. excellent. Good uh, good text treatment on that trailer, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, and I, like, I was, I, the reason I didn't want to like give this the full treatment, this category, is just because I felt like I was just like digging for like trailers to justify this category or something but i liked the last black man in san francisco trailer uh it's, i like the the music bed they have during that it's nice like what do you do with the movie trailer at this point you know it's gotta be kind of tough you Besides just slow going, down Wah. a popular song and then oh yeah 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 sad <laughs> version of like elton john song or something yeah <laughs> yeah i suppose so screw that no best trailer that's what i'm saying who's with me sure Okay. Okay. Good. I will say. Oh my god. <laughs> I will say that I do still go back and watch the lighthouse trailer. Yeah. For funsies. I really I'm I'm not trying to dig on the lighthouse, but I got everything I needed from that trailer. Like it's just like pure the lighthouse mm-hmm. in like a minute. Which yeah. is nice. If you ever need it. Let's see. Uh in a similar vein, let's do best credits real quick. Why not? Who's with, with credits? Me? Uh, let's. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we're here. We might as well. Yeah, we're in the neighborhood. Uh, our nominees are Endgame, Missing Link, Lego Movie Two, Aladdin, Honey Boy, Toy Story Four, and Dora, the Explorer. Um, I'm gonna say Lego Movie Two is a really, really strong contender. What was the Lego Movie Two credits? They did an entire song. The Lonely Island did an entire song, and I don't like The Lonely Island for the record. But your your favorite person, and uh, Andy yeah. Samberg. Yeah, yeah. but Andy it's Samberg's like good. We need to revise that history. <laughs> okay, well this helps. Believe uh, in your dreams. Um, it's this very self aware deconstruction of like credit songs with an entire like animation playing behind it where it's got like all the names popping up and it's like reflected in like Lego structures that are built. Uh, it's this really, it's like the best part of the movie, I think. Well, I mean, it's... that feels like the whole point of the Lego movie duology. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean like that whole, the whole idea of, you know, kind of taking apart what you'd, yeah. what you'd expect from these kinds of things and also yes. still being weird and fun and Lego-y and, Having the Lonely Island there for some reason. <laughs> and you get all of that in the credits. The end credits <laughs> for the Lego movie too. Um, 
I put Aladdin and Dora on here because they are both the same credits, but I like having just like a hundred people do like a Bollywood dance number at the end of your movie. I think that's cool. And that's what Is Aladdin that how they end Dora? Yes. It's awesome. <laughs> but it's not Ooh, it's not okay. Bollywood. It's like Are they uh, doing like the We Did It song? No, we it's like it. uh it. maybe I don't know what that is, I guess. It's in that vein though. Okay. Let's say. Isn't yeah. it also true that the song used in the credits for Aladdin is the only time that Will Smith gets to rap? Po- possibly. Does he not rap during is. the You Got a Friend in Me? I feel like he probably does. I haven't seen does. it, but I've heard okay. that's like many people's favorite part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Which is unfortunate. Yes. Is that, I don't know fun. if that's the only time he got to rap, though. Hmm. I could be entirely wrong. I did not see this movie. That's good. I. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it might. Be, okay, it might be. I don't know. Hmm. I don't think I was keeping a mental checklist of Will Smith rapping in the <laughs> yeah. Aladdin, but it's like checking the boxes. Yep, thirteen fifty-three rap. <laughs> hmm. mm-hmm. Um, Endgame is just kind of like a nice. This phase is over, and it just kind of wraps up. What's the post-credits know. thing in Endgame? Ooh. I don't think there was one. I think this was the first time there were, in a while that there wasn't actually a post-credit scene. Hmm. I might be wrong about that, though. I don't remember. But I don't remember yeah. there being one. Hmm. And I remember. I think I remember it being a point that there wasn't one, but I might be wholly mistaken. What if it was like Ed Norton shows up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm that taking my awesome. spot back and he punches <laughs> Mark Ruffalo, Hulk. Or Liv Tyler shows up and does her shocked, sad expression. Oh, gosh. That would require them acknowledging dude. that movie exists. Dude. I don't know. Uh, yeah, there, there is no <laughs> post-credits. Good. That's a that's a mark in his favor for me. That's fair. Uh, Missing Link is just this really cute song um, about friendship. And then it's got like the really nicely done. Because it's, what is it, uh, Leica Studios, perhaps? Yeah. Uh, Kubo people, mm. such and such. They're just, they're good at that type of thing, just like yeah. making really nice looking credit sequences. But uh, what's Honey Boy Car? What's the? Yeah, it was like very moving. The credits have photos of Shia's dad um, dressed as a clown, which was I guess okay. one of his careers, um, and it's extremely charming. And obviously, there's a lot of their relationship is extremely fraught throughout the movie, so it's kind of nice that it ends with some homage to his actual father. Aw. Yeah, it's very nice. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um, what's Toy Story 4? I honestly don't remember. I'm sure I'm the one who put it on here, but I don't. Yeah, you are, I think. <laughs> it's been a while. I feel so. like a, there's like a lot of little scenes that they throw into the credits, I thought. Is it well, bloopers? Because they've done that with the other um, ones. No, it was like, oh. they. it was... The Key and Peele stuffed animals. Yes. Uh, Keanu Canadian Reeves. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and okay. they're, they're talking about how they're going to try to get all the... They're getting all of the toys taken from that one uh, carnival game. Yeah. Like They're making sure that kids win all the toys. And yeah. then they're talking about what they do next. And then key, the Key and Peele stuffed animals keep pitching. That they yes. attack the guy running it. And they do it again. And then they turn into giant monsters with laser eyes. I loved that and, like, so much. Do kabooms in on it and thinks that they actually have laser eyes or something. <laughs> I and was then into that. The final final bit is that uh, the young kid from the beginning comes home from school and she's made knifey. 
<laughs> oh, I don't like, remember that. Forky <laughs> falls in love with. And Forky takes on Woody's role of teaching Knifey that Knifey is a toy. Aww. I think it was Knifey. Was it a plastic knife? I don't remember. I don't exactly. That sounds it was like a... right. Yeah. Hmm. It was cute. It was very cute. Yeah. The whole thing was yeah. very cute. Okay. Okay. Um, do we have a strong lead here? I would choose Toy Story, but I've only seen two movies on this list, so... Okay. Based um, off of everything said, I would probably go Toy Story, Honey Boy, or Lego Movie 2. Okay. Okay. Lego Movie 2, for me, is a strong contender just because it was so much better than the rest of the movie. <laughs> so, it, it was like, it, it like hit me, because it was like, oh my god, this is awesome, after an hour and a half of not awesome things. Which is not how I felt about Toy Story 4. And I've not <laughs> seen Honey Boy. So, I don't know. I guess I'm at an impasse here. I don't know. Okay. I would I would pick whichever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Argument: Lego Movie Two is not going to get representation in any other category. But maybe <laughs> it shouldn't. So I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know. I don't feel strongly either way about this one. Okay. So I guess if you do. Okay. Like, I don't remember Toy Story 4's credits very well, so I would feel really weird, like, putting my weight there. And I didn't see Honey Boy, so. Um, I guess I'd be okay with Lego Movie 2. Yes! <laughs> I don't know. Is yes! that, is that, I don't want to step on toes here. Yes! I mean, Fine. Best credits isn't important. Hey! <laughs> Andy Samberg is really great. I'm glad we all... Ended on that. No, no, oh, yeah, we're yeah. spending no, no, no. I'm, I'm okay with five minutes note. on this category. <laughs> I'm just gonna say Lego Movie Two, and this will be when all of my picks for the important categories don't make it. At least I'll have this. <laughs> at least yeah. I'll have this in my heart. Do you guys want to do an important category or a stupid category? Not stupid. I'm it. sorry. A jokier, less serious category. Let's do an important one. One of the okay. bigger ones. Do you want to do scene of the year? Yeah, I'm okay with that if you want to jump okay. there. Okay, are we ready? Everybody's caffeinated. Everybody's feeling good. I got my wah wah baba. We're going to jump about in. About as good as I always feel with these things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is going to be maybe the most spoilery category. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to run down our list of nominees for scene of the year Blinded by the Light, Popping the Bruce Cherry. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Leo and Little Girl Acting. Uh, sidebar car question, is this them talking about the art of acting or the scene where they're acting together? It's been a really long time since I put that on there, but I okay. think I'm thinking of them talking about acting when she has a okay. big book. They're both good, I think. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, yesterday, Seaside Chat, Parasite Birthday Party. Midsummer Maypole Dance Thing, Book Smart Pool. That's the Gosh, pool. I really didn't think about you reading these out loud when I made these descriptions. I, I'll explain pool, though, right? when things make more or less sense. Okay. Ad Astra Recording, Under the Silver Lake, Music Producer Guy, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are the some of these are pretty good. <laughs> Her smell. With the short hair lady in the third act. <laughs> Great scene. 
Um, marriage story, fight scene, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, hotel interview, Ad Astra moon attack, uncut gems ending, Angry Birds 2 urinal scene, abominable, the chase scene, ready or not, climbing out of the goat pit, her smell, Becky watching the new band play, little women, art studio, marriage discussion, Midsummer taking photos of their religious text. Okay. Do we need, are any of these, uh, do we need to explain any of these to get like our top three? Or should we just do top three and we can kind of talk about it? Okay. That works for me. Yeah. I feel like I only mm. put one on this list. Mm. Mm. Do you want to add some? You can always add some. That's not. A... No, no, no. I don't need to add any. It's just because okay. I, I feel like a lot of the ones that I might have picked otherwise wound up here. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Car, can you? Explain? Uh, I yes. would actually like to add one. Hit me. The ending of the lighthouse. Lighthouse mm. ending. Where he's looking in the the lens. Okay. Gotcha. I'm going to say, okay, hmm, this is a good list. Trying to think. So my number one for the year is Becky watching the new band play from Her Smell. That's on my top three for sure. Okay. Specifically, there's a shot. It's just like a long shot of her. And there's so much going on under the surface, but she's just kind of like watching and she barely changes facial expression, but there's just so much going on in that scene and they do it really well. So that's my... And the entire time I felt like the room was going to blow sort of thing. Yeah. Like it's so intense. Yeah. You think she's just, you know she's losing her mind sort of thing. Yes. That's rough. But good, but rough. I like that scene. So that's my number one. Do you guys have a number one on this this list here? <sighs> Man, I'm going to switch my number one last okay. moment. Um, I'm going to do Midsummer Maple Dance. I okay. like I love that scene. I think it's not because it, it's spliced throughout a number of other scenes. Yeah. Um, but I think that just like gets to the gist of the movie and the themes of the movie. I think it's beautiful, beautifully shot. The entire time... I, <laughs> I just felt like I was having fun. It's one of the only moments of joy, I think, throughout the movie. And I, one of my favorite movies, or moments in a movie this past year was the short exchange she has with one of the other women dancing, where I forget what it is, but it's like, oh, you can understand what I'm saying, but she's speaking Swedish and it's because yeah. they're dancing and they just like giggle. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, it, it works on me so well. I think it's fantastic. It's nice to see that character be happy and not just Aww. because she's just killed her boyfriend. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I also really like that scene. So, Michael, what are you feeling? Um, I feel yep. like I have a top three, but my front runner right now is probably the birthday party in Parasite. Okay. It feels like you get the the that the most microscopic look at that kind of class war that 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 more class oriented uh tone that I think Bong was looking for with the whole movie. 
Yeah. I feel like you kind of it kind of is the unraveling of everything. Uh, I think that when you've got um, I can't think of his name, the father, uh, Kim, Sung, uh, the oh, actor, okay. the, the actor's name. Yeah. Um, where he's just kind of taking this all in, and you can tell it's like it, it's he's. I don't know. I feel like there's a certain tenseness to that whole like to that his reaction and then you follow that up with him stabbing the rich father which i guess spoiler alert (laughs) but i mean like all of this all the way down to you know you have the spoiled young kid you have them going out of their way to play cowboys and indians which also feels like it's a very intentional pick as far as yeah where they're going with everything here and it just all around all together it it feels like the whole movie was leading up to this and this unravels everything and blows everything up in a way that that I think really kind of gets to the point of this whole movie and I don't I I loved all of that. Okay. Even the yeah, smell, like the smell scene. comes back. Like the smell comes back and I yeah, I don't know. The smell comes back, dude. Radishes. Ooh. <laughs> Boiled yeah. rags. Um so those are maybe our top 3 then we're saying uh maybe i i guess if i do we want to go into the other top like everyone else's yeah i'm gonna mark those uh not that one that's a really good one though and then uh birthday party okay i'm just gonna mark these so we know what we're talking about okay um blinded by the light um it's just uh the whole movie is kind of him this main character uh pakistani Emigrant? Immigrant? I always get those confused. He's in Britain. He's in yeah. the UK. Yeah. Uh, and he's kind of listening to Bruce Springsteen for the first time, and it just like opens his mind up, and the way they uh, visualize this is just awesome, and you can feel it, man. And they do a lot of really good like text-in-world treatment, mm-hmm. where the lyrics are showing up, projected almost onto the world, and it's done really well. I remember my first Bruce. <laughs> yeah, was it like that? You were seeing <laughs> yeah. the lyrics popping up. Oh, it's good. It's just a, it's a really great representation of like the way music can make you feel visually, mm-hmm. which is cool because that's such a hard thing to do. I think. Yeah, and it's so rarely done well. And there's parts in the movie where I think it doesn't work as well, but mm-hmm. in that moment, I think it's done very well. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood. Um. Yeah, Leo's having a conversation with the the little girl. We're yeah. with that, right? That's what we're yes. Yeah, she's yeah, reading yeah. the book. Okay. I think so. I was not particularly fond of the movie in general, but to me, this scene represents one of the things I think Tarantino's best at, which is just two people sitting down talking, mm-hmm. and also kind of what I wish Tarantino was. I think it's really rare for us to see him be so positive and full of light and it just like it was extremely charming and brought the movie kind of back down to earth for me and I think the performances in it are astounding I forget Julia Butter Butters or something I think is a little girl's name and she's won a bunch of young performer awards for this it's an outstanding scene and it leads into my other favorite scene in the movie which is them um, acting opposite each other yes yeah and there in between that is him acting poorly right where he has like his moment of self-reflection yeah he's like trashing his trailer 
Because he's like the little girl down. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. I love him explaining the plot of the book he's reading to her. And he's trying to like play it up a little bit so he doesn't sound like an idiot, but also it's him. <laughs> and it's like, there's a lot going on there that I like. Uh, I'm with you, Car. I like this scene a lot. Cool. <laughs> uh so seaside chatting yesterday you guys have not seen yesterday is my no. no okay well the thing is right that the beatles never existed because right. he hits his head or whatever it doesn't ed sheeran does ed sheeran yeah. does uh <laughs> so spoiler spoilers but seaside chat scene happens maybe three quarters of the way through the movie and it's just him and he goes out to this shack or this it's like a nice house but like uh like a sailor's house out on this quay and he opens the door and it's john lennon because he never died because the beatles never existed and it's just this really quiet really like heartfelt scene where he's just talking to john lennon and being like because this is like the character's lowest point the main character's lowest point where he doesn't know what to do and john lennon's just there just like talking to him just being like yeah you just gotta do i forget what he says but it's nice and it's nice to see John Lennon. And it's like, I don't know. As a person who likes the Beatles quite a bit still, even, it was nice to have that little moment in there. Hmm. That's it. Hmm. Um, the, okay, so Booksmart, the pool scene. This didn't really stand out to me. Car, what's what's drawing you to this? Oh, I think this is like a near-perfect scene. I Okay, okay so... The music drop is incredible. It's perfume genius. I think <laughs> okay, yeah. it's wonderful. Okay. I think leading up until this scene, essentially everything's perfect for these main characters. Like they're besides the general plot of the movie of like they didn't drink in high school. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, they're happy. Things are going well. They're at a party where things are going well. Um, and I think it's kind of the epitome of the perfection when this character, she's just kind of letting go. She's in the moment. Uh, she jumps into the pool with all of these people and sees both her crush and her best friend's crush kissing each other. And it, it ruins everything essentially and like (laughs) leads to a huge fight with her friend. I think visually it's stunning. Like I said, the music is beautiful. And it just, I don't know, I found it extremely moving, and I think it does a really good job of, like, what feeling that disappointment and rejection is like for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really great scene. I like, uh, I like the touch in the, the fight scene that happens where they, uh, fade the audio out over the course of that fight. I thought that was really cool, too. Yeah. Yeah, that whole party scene is a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) this is also coming from another great scene when they're doing karaoke to you want to know which is really nice and that guy's going for it (laughs) yeah yeah okay and then this is this fits the same theme where i wasn't really taken aback by this one but the recording scene in ad astra yeah i mean this is brad pitt acting finally showing some emotion essentially (laughs) his character for context is particularly skilled at his job and his whole personality is based around not feeling things essentially or at least not displaying that he's feeling things um and in this scene he's motivated to 
feel things um, to achieve a mission. So you're not sure to what extent... It's brought out by kind of an artificial means, but you finally see him um, have to relay a very emotional message to his father. And I think... I don't know. It reminded me that Brad Pitt's a really, really good actor when he <laughs> wants to be. Yep. Brad Pitt's great, and I feel like that scene is where I most got that. Okay. Okay. I thought we were talking more generally about Brad Pitt's career when you said he actually had to act. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, That's fine. Brad Pitt's great. No, no, I like him when he has a good role. Yeah. 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 Anyway. The, uh, the room is crazy that that scene takes place in. Yeah, I mean, the entire movie. I like to think that, because Brad Pitt likes architecture, I like to think that he... He's like, no, no. Sets. Yeah. Make it oranger. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, Brad, whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, under the Silver Lake, music producer guy or whatever. Yeah, what sorry, I talking? must have added a lot of these at once, so this is just me vamping about <laughs> scenes I like for a while. That's um, what this is, dude. Yeah. Um. So... This is an extremely confusing movie where not a lot of things make sense, but you're somehow brought to this moment where Andrew Garfield is sat down with a very creepy looking old man and there's just this like crazy dialogue about essentially like conspiracy theories in the music and general media production system and like how things are created and relayed and it's just fantastic and doesn't make a ton of sense in the context of the movie but i think that's okay yeah andrew garfield's great old man is creepy neck long <laughs> neck long <laughs> <laughs> sure okay. uh yeah it's a good scene okay and then uh her smell short hair lady is this uh when she's got her sick sweater on and they're just talking in her house is that what yeah okay yeah it's um at a point where the movie has taken a huge shift you're you've gone from a lot of chaos to like complete quiet in a very yeah. still camera and it's elizabeth boss acting against um one of her band members who's extremely loyal to her despite I think, yeah maybe not needing to be and it's just yeah. an incredibly moving scene between these two women with them i don't know kind of trying to figure out how to make the best in a terrible situation i don't know do you have anything to add to that tuck uh it's just it's really effective i think because like you were saying it's so in contrast to what the rest of the movie is and they they really don't show the time that has passed beyond just you can tell what has happened because of the way they're treating each other um I think Elizabeth Moss is fantastic through the whole movie, but I think she really does a great job there uh, having been this nightmare person and then just be, like stepping out of that. Uh, and then the daughter kind of ruins that whole thing for me. But the, <laughs> okay. the part you're talking about, yes, is very good. Yeah, and I think that woman is a revelation. The other woman in the scene, I yeah. had never seen her before and I found her incredibly moving throughout the movie. Yes. Uh, she's very good. Did you find the, the ex or the, whatever you want to call him, like the husband character, the father, I thought he was terrible. Am I off base? I, I love Dan bad. Stevens. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I liked him very much and I think he did a good job. I mean, you fit the role perfect. It's just like, I could, he, 
I don't know. Sometimes when an actor acts, it just takes me out of the movie for some reason that I can't really put in words, but that's how I felt about him. Hmm. And the daughter. Um, <laughs> the fight scene in Marriage Story. <laughs> Do you Did guys like memes? This? It feels like the scene for Marriage Story now. Yeah. Whether, Twitter. Whether... Yeah. So, is this the memiest scene of the year? Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it is the one that is literally the meme now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. the... I, mm, mm, mm. I had a harder time with it. I don't know. Okay. It seemed like it made... So this being the introduction I had to yeah, Marriage yeah. Story, the introduction a lot of people probably had to the movie. Right. This this very large fight scene where they're, where Adam Driver is punching a hole in the wall and wishing Scarlett Johansson was dead. Yes. Acting. Uh, acting. Yes. It feels... It, it feels like, I mean, it's... It makes more sense within the context of the movie, I thought. Yeah. Um, it feels like the big explosion for... I feel like I'm describing a lot of things as explosions. But, like, the big That's moment good, where though. everything's kind of building up to this, where they where there's obviously, like, some tension coming from the fact they're having a divorce, and it feels kind of brushed over yeah. through a lot of it. Or not necessarily brushed over, but, you know, it's two parents trying to keep everything under control for the sake of the kid. Yeah. And then... It just kind of comes to this one moment. Um, acting is definitely a word that could be thrown at the scene. <laughs> With like quotes, <laughs> sneer quotes around acting? Or just like... Yeah. 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 Uh, I personally felt it was a little overacted. I know other people might disagree. Yeah. I don't know. I, when I am in a fight like this, I've never been in a fight quite like this, but I feel like there is an element of overacting when you're in a fight like this. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and I think they captured that pretty well. Okay. Like, I, I liked this scene. I think this is an effective scene. But uh, I it didn't hit me really personally. I just think it was a really good portrayal of this. Okay. It was a good crescendo. I also... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I really liked um, the camera in this. Like, the way they yeah. shot close up but not center of frame it felt yeah. scary in a really really good way especially yeah. the shots of scarlett johansson like the rage yes. on her face with the way that the camera was angled worked really really well for me okay i get that because the rest of the movie is so like twee yeah noah Bombag movie <laughs> it, it helps I, I really think it helps that they're in his like kind of crappy unfurnished apartment just like like his play apartment that he has yeah know. imagine like the memification of this would be a million times worse if they were in a beautiful like their yes. new york apartment <laughs> yes <laughs> he's like taking an oscar and throwing it through yeah. the window or something i know yeah. they don't give oscars to plays i was just saying <laughs> moving so on he'd be whipping his tony through a window Tucker. thank you what do those look like I don't know. Okay. Maybe. I don't watch the Tony Awards. That's fine. Car, uh, can you talk about the hotel interview in a beautiful day in the neighborhood without really spoiling this movie? Because you keep, you've hinted that there's like more to this movie and I don't want to know what that is if I can help it before I watch there's it. There's nothing to spoil, really. Like okay. the, the more to this movie than what you would think is just in the way that it's told, okay. not in the plot itself. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess <clears throat> so... I think what makes this movie really, really fantastic in my eyes is that you're seeing Mr. Rogers through 
the most cynical possible person's eyes. Okay. So this extremely cynical reporter goes to a hotel to interview Mr. Rogers, played by Tom Hanks. Um, oh. and <laughs> That's what he's doing these days. Yeah. Um, and it's fantastic in showing that Mr. Rogers is a very strange and sometimes frustrating person, which sure. I don't think any of us have ever seen before. This reporter is just trying to get some more insight into what Mr. Rogers actually is as a human being, and Mr. Rogers does not let him in at all. Okay. And so there's this like wonderful tension that I think summarizes a lot of the movie of... Mr. Rogers essentially isn't everything we want him to be, and maybe that's part of the reason why he can be this symbol for us, essentially. Um, Yeah, and it it kind of... It coincides with so much about Mr. Rogers, where his whole thing is, like, feel your feelings. And in this scene, we see that this man is also incapable of doing that himself sometimes. Mm. And I think Tom Hanks is... I think he was, like, born to play Mr. Rogers, essentially. <laughs> it works really, really well. And it's not a very significant scene within the movie, um, but I think it's uh, it kind of epitomizes a lot of the movie. Okay. Before we proceed... Yes. This is going to drive me crazy if we don't say this. I what? think the one thing that we shouldn't spoil is yes. we soon are approaching the Uncut Gems ending, and I... Yeah. I do not want to spoil that at all. Okay. I was going to ask you guys not to. Okay. Yeah. There. yeah. Which is tough because that's the whole thing, but. Yeah. Yeah. That's also one of my picks, too. I know. Oh, oh God. I just oh, would well. hate for anyone to ever hear the ending before yeah, yeah. they see the movie. Okay. Yeah. I got you. You're safe, listener at home and me. I'm not <laughs> say what the ending is. I promise. Um, I put the moon attack from Ad Astra on here just because I love. Um, kind of this it's not realistic because there's space pirates on the moon but <laughs> i love this kind of look at where we might be at some point that's what i really liked about ad astra was kind of this semi-realistic view of how space travel might go and i wasn't super into the like futurama-esque like there's a starbucks on the moon <laughs> capitalism sucks but i was really into <laughs> we're trying to get across the moon and we're this sucks because we don't really know how to do this right so it's just like this caravan of buggies going across the moon and then other people in other buggies show up and like shoot at them with like whatever like it's not laser beams it's like whatever the weaponry on the moon would be if people were on the moon who needed guns and i just love that they thought this out in a way and they let somebody who knew what they were doing try to kind of plan out what this might look like. And it's this really cool kind of semi-quiet scene because they're on the moon. So you don't get like a lot of like, pew, pew, like it's not like that. It's, it's, uh, it's spacey and I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's fantastic. It, the way I enjoyed this scene is similar to how I enjoy the snow chase scene in Inception. Like, I, okay. it, it's just a really cool opportunity to do a really cool action scene, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of that in that movie. Right. But they, they throw it in there. And I was happy for it. Uh, so how do you want to talk about the Uncut Gems ending? Just say it's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, I'm it's, sorry, Michael. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's okay, because I agree. It's it just that it's it's very good. 
Okay. It feels, I don't know. There are a lot of emotions going on at that time. Okay. Because it feels like it could go one way and then doesn't. Okay. Yeah, I respect it. I love endings that subvert your expectations so much. Spoilers, Jesus. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is just perfect. It, like, there's so much tension building the entire movie, and I think they handled it exactly right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Can we go from perfect to perfect with the <laughs> urinal <laughs> scene from Angry Birds 2? This is the hardest I laughed at a movie. And... Okay, full disclosure, I think Angry Birds 2 is a good movie, okay. first of all. I'm glad someone is willing to talk about Angry Birds 2. I'm glad someone saw it. Okay, so the guy who made the Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack directed Angry Birds 2. Not Angry Birds 1. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's incredible. Uh, it was a very strange Cartoon Network show. Maybe it was, but 10, it was... 10 years ago. Good, right? Yes. Flapjack good? Yes. I remember Flapjack thinking it good. was good. Okay. Um, so Angry Birds 2 feels like the it's like they gave this like super clamped down franchise to someone they shouldn't have given it to and then he was like alone in a room for like a year <laughs> and then he emerged with Angry Birds 2. Um the urinal scene is the entire main cast which is about 10 characters are trying to operate this eagle disguise, which looks like a baseball mascot or something, to sneak into this eagle base. So each person is like controlling a different limb, and they're trying to get this key card off this the security guy's belt, and the security guy is an eagle, and he's peeing at a urinal. So it is this like three-minute slapstick scene where this like bumbling, not-moving-right mascot eagle is trying to steal this thing off this guy's hip while he's peeing at urinal and it, it was so incredibly stupid and funny and i was just i was filled with glee this entire time our movie's art <laughs> it felt like i was seeing something i shouldn't be seeing especially in a kid's movie i don't know it it lighted my little cockles so much i mean i don't think it's the scene of the year but i it was it's, like it's... a really great representation of what i like about angry birds too well, I mean, okay. it's it's enough. You you've described it enough to make me want to see Angry Birds too. So hell yeah, dude, do it. Um, I did not like Abominable, but there's a scene. The Yeti at the center of this movie has these magical powers, um, and there's a part where they're escaping the bad guys, mm-hmm. and they're in like a boat, and the Yeti makes like this big tidal wave, right? Or something. Mm-hmm. They're getting away in a boat, basically. And then they beach with the boat, but the Yeti does his magic, and it makes this, like, I don't know what plant it is, but this very beautiful-looking field of plants become, like, water, so they're riding this giant tidal wave of of land, and it just looks incredible. Yeah, it's the, the scene from the trailer. Yes. Yes, it's very good. I... That would be the scene you would put in a trailer if you were trying to get people to see this movie. Uh, So very good on that. Um, I love climbing out of the goat pit. Can I talk (laughs) about this in detail or do you not want me to? Because it is intense. Oh, I I thought you meant in a spoilery way. Yes, Um, that's what I'm talking about. But also it's intense. That would be up to you, Michael, right? You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. I don't mind. Okay. 
Do you do you get you know the gist of the movie, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So, Lady is in this dank goat shed, right? I am familiar with okay. goat sheds. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gets shot in the hand. Through the hand. So she's got like this gaping bullet wound in her hand. She falls down into the pit where they throw goat bodies and <laughs> other bodies. So she's on this rotting pile of goat corpses with a bullet wound in her hand. Is this tracking car? Am I doing a good yes, job here? Fantastic. Okay. And then the only way out of this pit is this ladder. So she's got to climb this ladder with, you know, she like wraps her hand in her wedding dress and then like uh, starts climbing up this ladder sort of one handed. And it keeps showing this shot, right? Of the top of this ladder, and on the beam it's attached to, there's this nail sticking out, right? Like this old rusty nail sticking out like two inches above the wood. When she gets to the top of the ladder, she swings her hand down with the bullet wound, and the nail goes right through the middle of her hand, through the bullet wound. And she can't make noise, she can't scream or anything because they're hunting for her. Oh my god, they went for it so much in this movie, and that was this beautiful... This is like, oh, I do hate prestige horror. I just want to watch horror movies. I just want to have fun and see bad things happen to women. Ready or not, it's like, here you go. Ooh, so good. She is such a good actor. Fantastic performance the entire way through. Yeah, really, really great. They also did a really good job of doing the right amount of like fun girl power stuff like yeah. they balance that extremely well throughout the movie i agree yeah she's got her converse on i would huh. recommend watching ready or not people at home I it's agree. fun uh little women art studio marriage discussion hit me yeah i think it's um so you're seeing amy one of the March sisters and Lori, uh, I guess like friend of the March sisters is the best way to describe it. Lori's a boy, I guess, for those who don't know. Um, their rich best buddy. Yes, their rich best buddy who okay. previously who had a crush on one of the other March sisters. But Amy is okay. considering marrying a wealthier man and Lori is kind of looking down on her for doing that because he doesn't really love her and it's this really really fantastic like explanation of Amy's and therefore I'm assuming many women's motivations at the time um and a very empathetic look at that particular situation and why oftentimes the notion of you pursuing only pure love, especially at that time in history, just wasn't a factor specifically for women. Um, and I think it's really well acted in in the general Little Women canon. There's not a lot of empathy for Amy's character previously, so this was kind of revolutionary in that way. Um, and it's also in this really beautiful art studio in Paris, I think. So it's hmm. it's very, very nice, yeah. Okay. And you kind of get, like, a, it's nice because even though Laurie, Timothy Chalamet's character, is a really great character, this is kind of the put-down he needs. It's like sure. him coming to reality at this point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
like he like his characters always go through that at least once a movie i feel like yeah i'm okay with it i like <laughs> yeah, <those characters>. All right, Midsummer, taking photos of the religious text. Yeah, this is one of the ones I thought of this morning. Um, okay. I this is the perfect horror movie moment in Midsummer. Like I, it, yeah, this is when it gets into the genre. Um, yep. it, there's the wonderful use of you're in a dark room, you can't see everything, but you're using a camera with flash, so the lighting yep. like escalates at certain points you're aware as the viewer that there's someone (laughs) in the room with this character the entire time i it's like it's such a good horror movie scene oh my gosh and i think the a lot of the cool stuff in midsummer for me was to do with the religious text i think that's a really interesting concept and um the way that they guard it and everything and then it ends with a man wearing the skin of another man Yes. Knocking mm. that guy out. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's just insane. Uh, I do like it a lot. I do too. It's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the last one here is the lighthouse ending. Ooh. Yeah. So I feel like all of lighthouse, all of the lighthouse could be, you could screen grab a lot of the lighthouse and it'd be yeah. kind of... You get the gist. I don't know. I don't know if you'd get the gist of it, but I feel like it's a very visually strong movie. But then you get up to like this point where, you know, Willem Dafoe is, I guess, spoiler alert, he's dead, and <laughs> and Robert Gosh. Pattinson finally gets to get to the top of the lighthouse and see the thing he's wanted to see the entire time, and it's just this weird disorienting shout. You see it from in. You see, the the angle is from inside the light, and I guess that was. I understand that was very very intentional that you were never going to see what's actually inside the lighthouse and it's shining against him. And it's like this very bright, it's very, very like, like distorted. Um, he seems happy, but then you can tell it's also, it switches over to terror while this is going on as that kind of distortion starts fading. And then, then he falls down the stairs and then you find out the end that the entire thing is basically this Greek parable and he's having his innards plucked. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that that initial part where there you get that distortion from inside the lens is maybe if there's like a single image from film this year that kind of stuck with me it's like that single single like moment that single like maybe 20 second moment where it's just this loud distorted shouting while you get this like bright light just sh- uh, cast against him and it's all it's ghostly in a way and Ooh. it worked for me yeah, okay. it was stunning. Okay. Okay. But are we sticking with the three we kind of specified earlier? Which I is... might jump yeah. to Uncut Gems. Okay. I might join you on that. Oh, gosh, okay. yeah. It is really fantastic. I will go with you guys on this having not seen it just because you make it sound very good. It was... in, in Like, seeing it... It was one of those times where it was so great to see it with an audience. Like, yeah. I, it felt so energizing, and everyone had this fantastic reaction. It's really great. Okay, they all stood up and clapped. <laughs> I feel like people did clap after that. Uh, yeah, I'm taking my support back. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know because it just feels like the per like it feels like this movie could have ended only one way, but then it starts looking like it might end another way, and then they're like, nope. 
and they close that door and it's just <laughs> okay. uh it's yeah it's really really good okay is that our winner i'm cool with it I'm yeah i feel it. pretty strong about it okay thank you for being so amenable tucker well i, I knew mine wasn't gonna win and i don't like the birthday party scene so our <laughs> winner is the ending of uncut gems cool um, I don't want to call anybody out, but I don't, I feel like the best small budget, best big budget would take too much time to explain Yeah. type of thing. Mm. Or the distinction is kind of weird. Like we would have to make like a distinction. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's fair. I'm cool okay. with skipping. Okay. Mm. We could do best small budget maybe. I'd sure. say tough because we're getting into like essentially film of the year stuff. Okay. Let's maybe save mm-hmm. those. And if we feel good about them all. Come back. How's that sound? Okay. Uh, should do we, we sweaters? Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna say we should do one of the the, the funner ones. Okay. Yeah. Tasteful sweater volume one. <laughs> mm. Is that what we're going with as a title? I like volume one. Uh, <laughs> is this best sweater? Can we, for folks at home following along in their little baseball scorebooks, this is just the sweater of the year. Yeah, pretty much. Now, is this just the sweater or the way it's worn? <laughs> I think for each of these... Yes. I think it works both as best sweater and how it's worn. The people okay. wearing these okay. sweaters wear them really, really well. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you feel that 2019 was specifically sweatery? Or are we, this is just where we're at as a society is we just want to celebrate some sweaters? Well, I mean... 2019 we saw think pieces about sweaters so okay you're using the royal we (laughs) that was the royal we yes i also think 2019 was a big i'm going to purchase a clothing (laughs) item i saw in media year like tons of people bought the chris evans sweater tons of people bought the fleabag jumpsuit like it's it was such a phenomenon this year for some reason taylor swift's collar from cats Okay, that's good. Um, okay, our nominees are Chris Evans in Knives Out, Robert Pattinson in The Lighthouse. I put Tom Hanks on here. I assume in Mr. Rogers' movie he wears a sweater? Am I yeah. Right? Okay. Kind of weird if he didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, J-Lo, Juicy Couture, Couture. Couture. <laughs> in Hustlers. Okay, I need and to see this Couture. It's really fantastic. And then Elizabeth Moss in her smell. Why is Robert Pattinson on here, but Willem Dafoe is not? Because I feel like Robert Pattinson's sweater was like full frame. Okay. Like you saw hit Robert Pattinson in the sweater. <laughs> yeah. And obviously it being a, an Eggers film, it's a historically accurate, very <laughs> <Yep>. detailed sweater. <laughs> he sourced it. Very fitting for the time. <laughs> yep. I also think Robert Pattinson looked cozy in his sweater, whereas Willem Dafoe did not. Complete opposite opinion for me. That's <laughs> okay. Fine. I'm not going to fight you on this. For Robert Pattinson, it was a put-on. It was like a, it was an artifice. Well, I guess for Willem Dafoe, that's kind of the whole point of his character is it's an artifice. But I feel like he has inhabited the sailor role so much that it has become a part of him, the sweater. I also oh, think damn, for, that is a nice sweater. Yeah. For three of the people on this list, too, at least in my opinion, inherent within this is the person wearing the sweater is very good looking. So. Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
um, Elizabeth Moss is my number one. I'm just going to say it. I can't remember her sweater. I need to look it up. It's like, a, it looks almost like hand knit. And it's when she's in like her, um, that like third act we were talking about. Okay. When she's drinking a lot of tea. I will look. The JLo one to me, I mean, Juicy Couture was such a, like those jumpsuits were such a moment a number of years ago. Okay. I'm guessing with the time that the movie takes place in, it would have been in that moment. But she's also wearing it with like pleather leggings, I think high heeled sneakers. This is outside and... the scope of this category. I'm just going to say Excuse it right now. you. <laughs> I was shocked I was able to get away with just having it on there. Um, it is a, uh, what is it called? Zip hoodie or whatever. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to call it a sweater. It's velvet. Okay. It's got okay. a crown on the back. It's okay. really nice. It's not my vote, but it deserves some attention. We're going to have to clamp down on this category next year. I feel like we're kind of, <laughs> it's a little loosey-goosey, but okay. Okay. Is Robert Pattinson our winner? Michael, my what's vote. your pick? My pick is either Chris Evans or Robert Pattinson. Okay. I feel like it was kind of their their uh, category to lose. Truth be told. <laughs> same. They're both wearing kind of the same type of sweater, though, right? Yeah, they kind of are, except yeah. Chris Evans has a couple little holes in it. Yeah. But... Did you see um, Anna Darmus's, <clears throat> if, that's, if I'm saying her name correctly, on some talk show, she said, I was also wearing very nice sweaters. <laughs> she did not get the attention that she should Aww. have. Yeah. Even in this category. Yeah. <laughs> so screw her. Um, I think Robert Pattinson is a strong lead nom here. That's where I'm standing. I agree. Okay. See her One sec. Let me look over here at this Robert Pattinson sweater and yeah. Mm, <laughs> approved. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. Okay. So yes, our best tasteful sweater volume one is Robert Pattinson <laughs> in the lighthouse. <clears throat> uh, let's do one more and then I might take a little break to go uh, tinkle. If yeah. that's cool with everybody. Let's do... I don't want to do best animal yet because Carly's got to work herself up on that one. So. <laughs> um, and Okay. Let's do oh maybe my best animal. Gosh, soundtrack. I didn't see some of the... The, the noms in that category either Mr. Bruce <laughs> uh, best soundtrack okay. of 2019 the nominees are The Farewell, Uncut mm. Gems mm. Midsummer, mm. Mm. Booksmart mm. Waves, Us Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Little Women and Her Smell do you guys have a strong front runner in this category I do. I also do. I would swing for Uncut Gems very hard. Okay. That's also mine. It's got okay. that very... Well, Tucker. Yes. You know how 1-0 Tricks Point never do. Yes. Imagine that, but a little more dense. And then okay. this entire time that you're hearing this, Adam Sandler is like looking at bling. I need to go change my pants excuse me okay. oh, but no in all reality it's it's very much like i you've got someone who's very very good at the style of music who's just really going heavy on that and it's it's this very strong very mesmerizing soundtrack that works really well with a lot of what is kind of at play in uncut gems and it's just i it works 
it, it would be the it would be the one where I, it would be the soundtrack I would probably go out of my way to just buy as like a record or something or listen yeah. to on its own. Yeah. Yeah, I've been listening to it a lot at work, and it's really interesting because it obviously sounds it carries the same sounds throughout. But there is a progression to it, which is really mm-hmm. nice. Like, it does change as the topics or the scenes in the movie are changing. And you get little tidbits of Adam Sandler, <laughs> which is really nice. Oh. Do you really? Yeah, That's there's, like, awesome. a couple okay. short pieces of dialogue, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does he say, this is how I win? Oh, I Did wish. go with that one? Oh, yeah. damn. Okay. <clears throat> Do we need to make a distinction between... Like, best soundtrack album or best soundtrack as part of the movie? Like, does that matter? Do we care? No. I don't think so. And why is Cats not on here? It's a good question. I was wondering about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tucker, can you yes. give me give me give me the Cats pitch? Why why should we? Oh, that? I'm just kidding. Okay. I liked it enough. It's uh, they do some. I think it's bad, but they do some weird stylistic stuff with the music that I mm-hmm. respect in a way. Like Taylor Swift's accent? <laughs> Not even that. Okay. Uh, like, <laughs> during the intro, it just goes into like this really bad sounding like synthesizer like solo that feels like it came out of like some German 80s prog rock band or something. And I was like, yeah. Like it was terrible, and I was really worried the movie was going to be terrible, which it wasn't. But then uh, it's just... it's this weird choice that doesn't fit and i i like that when that happens I mean, which is what cats is in a nutshell i guess but okay so let's cut cats weird terrible choice i mean i don't meow how much See, of the soundtrack is like cats and how much of it is we're redoing songs from cats i want to say it's like 90% cats and then there's a taylor swift song okay yeah i don't think is that the only song they added? I believe so. Yeah. But are they changing the performances at all to make it a little more 2019? Uh, that's really hard to say. I guess I mm. couldn't say. It doesn't really feel like it. It's not like a trap beat under it or anything. So <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know that'd, if that'd be, be kind of fun if it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I have had several songs from Cats stuck in my head. Since. I just have the magical Mr. Mistopheles one stuck in my head. Oh, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser, dude. That's a jam. I hate this discussion. <laughs> These words are in my head and I don't want them Mungo to Mungo Jerry. <laughs> and Rumple Teaser. Good stuff. That's so terrible. It's gone. Um, I mean, I guess, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would defend Cats on the premise that I think Memory is a very good song. Yeah, that's true. Sure. I think it's a good performance in that movie. Yeah, okay. Um. Do you but think it, that Jennifer yeah. Hudson thought she might get an Oscar nom? Like, before oh, any gosh. cast stuff came out? <laughs> no, before we so. saw anything about the movie, do you think you she know. entered the role thinking possible Best Supporting Actress Oscar uh, If she did, she was poorly mistaken. I know, I feel bad for her. She was misled. <laughs> yeah. I think they all were, I would imagine. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. James Corden's completely distanced himself from the film now. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Who needs yeah. him? I agree. <laughs> It's better with him distant from it, for gosh's sake. Oh, wow. James Corden. I'm sorry. Guess um, no, no backseat karaoke to memory. No. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, it sounds like Uncut Jumps is going to be her winner, but I just want to say uh, 
her smell, the way they use sound in that movie is awesome. And it sounds like it's kind of sort of some of what Uncut Gems is doing, perhaps. But uh, her smell, to try to describe it, it's like this very chaotic soundtrack, but it's all most of the movie is taking place like backstage at like bad concert venues. So a lot of it has that kind of it sounds like you're in the bathroom at a concert that's happening for a lot of oh my god yeah but it's like uh it really adds to this very chaotic tension that's running through this movie because it's a lot of just like very chaotic drumming and stuff but you're just hearing like it's it's awesome the way they Hmm. use that so i also think i really really liked that they didn't make um the performance was not contingent upon Elizabeth Moss having an incredible voice, which I think is yeah. realistic for that genre of music. Like, I'm glad yes. they didn't try to dub her or something. Like, I think the songs themselves in the movie worked really, really well. Yes. Because, like, Courtney Love doesn't have a great voice. Right, yeah. Uh, I like Hole. Moving <laughs> 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 on. Uh, I think Midsummer is a really strong contender here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I forgot to put High Life on there. High Life absolutely belongs on the list. Okay. It's a really, really, really insane soundtrack that matches how insane the movie is. Yes. Um, I guess if the swearing is fine, the <laughs> there's a song called Fuckbox, which is about a fuckbox. And it's okay. <laughs> the most insane scene I've ever seen in my life. Coupled with a really crazy song. (laughs) And it's the Tinder Sticks guy, right? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. That's cool. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is old 60s songs, but I really liked uh, how it was mostly coming out of car stereos and they had all the, like the old radio advertisements and all that. I just, you know, it's not, it's not going to blow the doors down, but I like that Quentin Tarantino always puts the work in to make that stuff Mm -hmm. seem realistic, which is cool. Oh, like Robert Eggers. And... Is it Robert or Roger? I feel like I keep screwing it up. Yeah, it's Eggy. It. Eggy. Eggy. Oh, I was going to call Probably you out because that's also what Eggers is doing, making things nice and realistic. No. Um... <laughs> Have you seen Robert Pattinson's sweater? There are details there, Tucker. Yep. 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 Oh, yep. Uh, but Uncut Gems is our winner, huh? I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Does anybody want to say anything else about any of these other movies before we... I'll do a quick... I think the Little Women and Farewell scores were just really incredibly beautiful. It's kind of what I want out of a moving, sweeping score. And okay. then uh, Booksmart and Waves are both on there just because I like the songs that they choose. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just like really great selection of popular songs that... I think fit the movie well, and they're just in my taste sort of thing. Okay. I think Us also, we should talk about Us. That's a really fantastic soundtrack. And Um, I think there's some fantastic use about halfway through the movie of both the Beach Boys and NWA. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I really think that's worth just kind of applauding because it's fantastic. Okay. That's a really, really great scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. But... Our winner is Uncut Gems by Daniel. I just call him one o tricks point ever. Lopatin? 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 We don't know. Sorry, Daniel. 
gosh. Good good work though. One oh three point never. Bye. Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Sprockies. Be sure to check out episodes de for more exciting movie discussions.